You're listening to Spirited Spirits, a spooky-centric podcast where we enjoy spirit while we talk about spirits. I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. Thanks for joining us. Steph, have you ever felt like you were being watched? I have, actually. Yeah, there. I think I've brought it up on the podcast before. There was that one time where I was out. I was like 10 or 11 years old at my old house. Mm-hmm. And I was outside and I had this distinct feeling I was being watched. Right. And I feel like I heard my name called. Yeah. But whether it was a human being or a ghost, I don't know for sure. Okay. So I know tonight you are planning on talking about the haunting of 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Which is deemed the Watcher House. Yes. I guess that's why you asked. And tonight we're just doing things simple. We're not going to do a cocktail or anything. We are just drinking some white wine that we have called Giant Sky. Yeah, what do you think of it? It's Well, it's my favorite right now. Right. Yeah. Sauvignon <laughs> Blanc from Marlboro, um, New Zealand. I love it. It's my current favorite. So um, we just decided to do that tonight. And you can check out the picture we posted um, of the bottle and the glass of wine and us enjoying the glass, um, head on over to our Instagram page at spirited underscore spirits or underscore podcast. And, um, yeah, it, let's, let's dive in. Sure. Okay. On a warm night, June, or warm June night in 2014, Derek brought us just finished doing some renovations to his family's new home in Westfield, New Jersey. They had closed on the house for $1.3 million and were doing renovations before moving in with their children. $1.3 million? Yeah. Okay. Derek walked out to retrieve the mail, which was relatively small in amount due to just moving in. However, he noticed a white envelope addressed to the new owner, and so he opened the letter. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Mm. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. As it approaches its 110th birthday, Mm. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. Second coming? Like it's it's Christ or something? (laughs) Like what? It gets better. Okay. (laughs) My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s. Mm. And my father watched it in the 1960s. Mm. What are you watching it do? It is now my time. Do you know what the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Oh, shit. Why are you here? I will find out. I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. Oh, shit. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors, so Mm. you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk, bad move. You don't want to make six five seven Boulevard unhappy. Mm. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Wait, what? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Mm. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. 
Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. The Watcher. Okay, so <laughs> clearly this is a disgruntled neighbor who's probably pissed off because he wanted that house and mm. didn't get it. Mm. Um, but so also, like, what lies in the walls? Yeah, I know. So uh, just a real quick side story. It reminds me, my when, my when I was really young at our old house that I just mentioned before, um, my dad used to tell this story to me and my friends about the little boy that lived in the wall. That when yeah. they were building the house, that there was a little boy who got trapped. Right. And he would you could occasionally hear him. Be careful. The dog's going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> you would hear him knock right. on the wall. And you could hear, help me. <laughs> my dad used to tell this story to me. And, your friends off. And my sister and my friends. Right. And, yeah, it scared the shit out of us. Right. So, so... So is there a, is there a watcher in the walls? I don't think so. You know, like Watcher in the Woods, Watcher in the Walls. Right. That's a great movie, by the way. So, at this point in the night, mm -hmm. Derek turned on all the lights in the house. Yeah. So he searched the house and called the police and reported the letter. They, of course, asked him if he had any enemies, anyone that wanted to cause the family harm. So he went back to their old house. That's where the kids and Maria, his wife, were staying, and he showed her the letter. And then they emailed the previous owners of the house, John and Andrea Woods, asking about the letter since, like, you know, they were mentioned. Right. Andrea Woods responded the next morning stating that they did receive a letter. Oh. Right before moving out, and they found it odd. It mentioned the watcher and a bit about watching the house over a long period of time. They had not received a letter like that in 23 years of owning a house, so they just kind of threw it away and thought nothing of it. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I wonder if there was a bidding war. Yeah. Of some sort. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. So, the detective on the case, Detective Leonard Lugo, told the family to not mention the letters to anyone, including the neighbors, because all of them were now suspects. Yes, they should be. The family was obviously paranoid, like mm -hmm. rightly so, uh, worried that this unseen presence would appear at any moment. When Maria would have the kids play in the yard, she would yell their names to make sure that they, like, were close to the house and not around, like, really far out into the property because she was afraid that, like, somebody would just grab them. Well, yeah. Um, and then Derek gave a tour of the house to a neighbor to show them all the renovations that had been completed. And the neighbor said, it would be nice to have some young blood in the <gasps> neighborhood, which caused Derek to freeze Who up. Who the fuck was this neighbor? <laughs> so who was this neighbor? Why was he questioned? He wasn't named. Said so, young blood? Did he know about the letter? But, but the thing is, oh, hold on. Like, young blood is also like the, no. The, the, hold on. No, I can guarantee you, I've never <laughs> referred to a child as young blood. Well, no, no, no. But but young blood, I think he was he was referring to him to like Derek and Maria as he was an older neighbor. Like, and and there's there is babe. A, the no, letter specifically says young blood. I agree. But but it was it was found to be like almost like a coincidence. No, so, no. Hold on, mm -hmm. no. Oh, it gets better. I don't believe in coincidences. That's bullshit. <laughs> it gets better. Okay. So a few weeks few weeks later, Maria brought some paint samples okay. back to the house and checked the mail. In the box was another letter. Uh oh. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. 
Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Braddis, welcome again to your new home of 657 Boulevard. Okay. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. Hmm. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found <laughs> what is in the walls yet? Shit. In time, they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. <sighs> so then the letter... And then asks about a child in particular, um, as a watcher apparently saw her painting, stating, is she the artist of the family? No. Okay, first of all, it's got to be a neighbor. Mm. It's got to be a neighbor. So keep that keep that in the back of your mind, because we're going to go to theories later, okay? Because surely to God they would see if someone was, like, parked right. outside of the home staring at them. Right. Right. Okay. So... So the Braddis and the Detective Lugo did walk the house and found that the easel that was on the porch where the child would paint was not visible from the road. Oh, okay. okay? It was obstructed by vegetation. Mm. So whoever was watching them had to be very close in proximity. It was like hiding, probably, in the... Well, we're not done with this actual letter. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead of ourselves. Okay. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Oh, jeez. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It'll help me know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. Plan what? All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and calmly sold it when I asked them to. What? I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching The Watcher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This guy. So it gets worse. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, so let's just like, uh, I feel like we need to really, um, what's the right word? Like, dissect this letter. Okay. Okay, so it sounds like he's, so the, okay, the Woods family who lived there before, do you know if they had children? They had one 21-year-old son. But there was no young bloods, quote unquote. I don't know the only the only when I did the research, the only child I saw was a twenty one year old son. But that was when they moved out and they That's lived they in the out. home mm -hmm. for twenty. So he years. had to have been a baby or younger, right? Or not even born yet. And I don't know if any siblings or anything like that. Okay, and they claim they never received a letter before. Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. So, hold on, hold on. I'm still thinking. There was something else I was going to say. Um, when he says that they they sold the home when he asked them to. I know. 
that's on, right? There's like a narcissist personality disorder situation, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know about that. There are some delusions of grandeur. Yes. I mean, clearly he thinks that he's like controlling things here. Right, but I know something you don't know coming in. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. So the cops did recognize that these letters were coming from somewhere relatively close to the home. Yes. The first one was postmarked June 4th and came from the U.S. Postal Service Distribution Center in New Jersey. Okay. What is interesting is that it was postmarked before the sale went public on the home. So inside information. So the he Woods. Had inside, whoever well, it was. A, yeah, here's the thing. The Woods hadn't even put up a for sale sign yet. Wait, what? They hadn't even put up like a, a for sale sign on like the home yet. And the letter. The but letter, well, but was that their it letter? Was, it was. The letter they received? I think it, it might have been. I don't, I, well, it says the first letter. and I. The I, first one was postmarked I think that was so supposed was to be that... the, I think that was the Braddis letter. Oh. But I'm not sure. It didn't say for certain. That's a good question, though. Okay, so, okay, hold on. So then if that's the case, he he or she did not know who the Braddises were. They, it The watcher didn't know necessarily who the new owners would be. Right. Well, they didn't. They didn't say Braddises in the first letter. The first letter they said, dear news owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they didn't know who they were. Okay. So, okay, so the Braddises were, were paranoid. Yeah. And felt like they could not trust anyone. So they went to a barbecue in the neighborhood. With some of like the the neighbors, and there was like a new neighbor that had just moved in. Um, they questioned, they kind of questioned everybody's motives, yeah, and kept their kids very close, noticeably awkward to the neighbors. So they're pretty much just like saying to the kids, like you know, stay close, stay close, stay close. And all the other kids are kind of running around this barbecue, but their kids are. That's probably how we, we would be, close. though, right? Um, and I don't even have to have a watcher letter sent to me. Either. Right. So <laughs> at one point in the night, Derek struck struck up a conversation with a neighbor two stores down. His name is John Schmidt. Okay. Okay. And so he tells him about Langfords. Oh. Who lived in between them. Peggy Langford was in her 90s and had several adult children living with her. Okay. One of the younger children, Michael Langford, was described as an unemployed man with mm. an Ernest Hemingway beard. <laughs> a real Boo Radley type. Oh, okay. Oh, you ought to like this one then because you love... So, this, to kill a just, mockingbird. Just listen. Okay. Just listen. Okay. So, the Langford house was in direct eyesight of the easel on the deck. Ah. The family had lived there since 1960. Okay. And Richard Langford, the father, had died 12 years prior to the Braddises moving in. So, that fits the narrative the watcher described in his first letter of the father watching the house in the 60s and then passing it on to his child. I see. Yes. Michael was suffering from schizophrenia. Ah. And would at times look in the windows of houses being renovated and walk through neighbors' yards. Mm. The neighbors generally found him harmless. However, with his family description, the proximity to the house, along with a possible diagnosis of schizophrenia, kind of feeds him into being possibly a top suspect. Yeah, I'd say so. Right. So, at this point, Derek thought they had their man. Okay. Okay. So, he let the police know of Langford and how the family description fit the watcher letter. However, Detective Lugo brushed it off saying, well, when the letter started, they questioned Michael Langford, and he had no knowledge of the letters. Okay. Oh, did he just say, I'm sorry, I have no no knowledge of the letters. Right. And the detective was like, cool, sounds good to me. We'll go with it. So, so, yeah. (laughs) We didn't do any further questioning or, like, observing of this man. Well, he's questioned numerous times in this case. Okay. Um, 
but every time like they, they take his fingerprints and his fingerprints don't match his his um his right, fingerprints don't match his don't fingerprints match. don't match do not match and then also his um his writing sample doesn't match okay could that i'm but, just gonna ask you a question real quick yes could that be part of the schizophrenia i know the fingerprints thing but like in in schizophrenia, is there a way he could write differently to like make things? That sounds more DID, like oh. dissociative identity disorder okay. type stuff. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that's a schizophrenia thing. I mean, the schizophrenia thing is more of like the illusions and hallucinations and, and stuff like that. I don't know if he was medicated or what. Okay. Now, um, so did they check any of the other children? Well, they do. Okay. So they, we'll get into that. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I got it really excited. Right. So, um. The Braddises were frustrated because there was no proof that like Langford was a watcher and the police refused to do anything. So Derek Braddis became obsessed, installing webcams in his home, mm-hmm. spent the night in the shadows of the home looking out for anyone who could be the watcher. Mm-hmm. Reeves Widman of The Cut interviewed Derek. Who? Who is this? Reeves? He's a, he's a um, journalist. Oh, okay. Okay, and so he, this is the article that I got a lot of my information from because he had very first hand knowledge as he interviewed Derek Braddis. Okay. Um, where a lot of people didn't have that information and there's other stuff that kind of goes on later. Okay. Um, so he interviewed him in 2018 and he stated, you know, Maria thought I was crazy. At the interview, Derek showed him a map that he had created of the homes that fit the criteria of approximate range of earshot. Oh. Where the watcher could have heard Maria screaming the children's names only like a handful of houses fit that criteria including the lanfords okay okay go ahead because i I have i have some some thoughts but i want to hear more right so the brattis has hired a like private investigators Mm -hmm. um all while still trying to attempt to renovate the house okay um so now we're going to fast forward a little here um to you know by the end of 2014 the investigation had somewhat stalled Okay, so this was June when they first moved in. Right. Or we're doing renovations. Right. And now we're talking... We're, we're, the, so you're talking six months. Right. Okay, gotcha. So there was a lack of evidence. Um, there's no digital tra- trail because he's just doing handwritten letters. Right. And there was kind of a lack of new letters. Okay. Um, Derek actually showed the letters to his priest who agreed to bless the house. Oh, okay. Okay. And so anxiously and with a new alarm system, they decided to move in. Okay. Within days, a new letter arrives. Of course. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. Oh. It is coming after me. What? I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? Oh, shit. It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. <gasps> I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Whoa, 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 what? So, so that, again, that sounds like schizophrenia to me. But also, he, so it's more he's also complaining about it being changed. So he's... Well, he, but the renovations have been going on for six right, months. So what right. the hell 
and then also like n let the le young blood play again like mm. I once did. So because the thing what is, what is he? What they moved in? The young blood is right. there. But the th well, the thing is though, is they were very apprehensive about having their children there. So they moved in, but they kind of waited to bring their kids around again because of these letters. So. The whole idea... So they of, had two homes? They were living out of yes, two homes? they were living out of two homes. They had their original home in Westfield because Maria actually lived there prior. Okay. Okay, and she wanted to move to this house. This is like their dream house. Okay. How could they afford both mortgages? Well, um, he actually... I forgot what his job was. So he worked in New York. Oh, uh, and, mm -hmm. and so he, he had a pretty good job. Expensive person, <laughs> man. Okay, got it. So, Sorry. But, but, the thing, but the thing is, though, is that... Um, so they were terrified for their kids. Yeah, I get it. And so they didn't want them to be right there. So they kind of like moved but in, he's but installed, not really. he's installed security cameras and like, did you say a security system? Yeah, there was a whole alarm system he set up. So but, I, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. But you're still getting letters. Well, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So the brothers has already sold their old home. They had just sold it. Okay, so they, okay. So, okay. Um, so now they had to move in with their in-laws because they were terrified to move into this house. But they did, wait, I'm confused. So they just, with the alarm, new, the new alarm system, mm -hmm. they moved in. And then they moved back. But then because house. they got this letter, they, they moved, got scared. Yes, and they, okay, they moved I into see. the in-laws. So at this point, they were attempting to now sell the home. They were done with it. Okay. Okay. So they were trying like, to... Like, how can they do that? Because some laws won't allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. You have to actually... Like, Kentucky, I think we had to sign a waiver saying we would not sell the home within a year of purchasing it. I don't know what I don't New know Jersey, what Jersey laws. laws are. Yeah, but, okay. Um, so now they're attempting to sell their, you know, beautiful home they had just now renovated. Yeah. Put all that money into it. Right. So they originally attempted to sell it for more than they bought it for because of all the renovations they had done. But due to the fact of the rumors of some predator watching the house, realtors questioned whether the price set would work in their favor. Mm. So in discussion with a realtor and lawyers, they decided to file a legal complaint against the Woods for not disclosing the letter they received prior to putting the house up for sale. That sounds not good. Like, yeah. not a good idea. So the family was hoping everything would stay relatively quiet as the kids still didn't know who the watcher was. So okay. they had kept everything pretty quiet. Okay. Then the Today Show picked up the story. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Savannah Guthrie's like, uh, no. It was actually Tamron Hall. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but <Go ahead. laughs> anyway, so the story went viral, and numerous news trucks were camped outside of 657 Boulevard. Mm. Derek Bras had more than 300 media requests in his email. With the story blowing up and internet sleuths attempting to solve the case of the watcher, the family I mean, let them try. Right. <laughs> they may solve it better than the police freaking would. So the family decided to move out of Westfield entirely. Oh, okay. Questioned by the media, internet sleuths, and their own private investigators, the Bradis had to tell their kids who were as confused as ever as why they had to leave the house that they loved. Mm -hmm. Okay. So over the years, they attempted to sell the house again after the house was a viral sensation. And numerous people online said, well, I would still move in. I'm not scared. Right. So even a guy from Staten Island said, fuck it. I'll get it at a discount. But when he was read the letters, he was ne never heard from again. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this because I, I feel like there's so much um, now, like nowadays. I mean, this wasn't the case maybe back in 2014 but nowadays you say like 
there's a haunted house for sale. People are gonna go for it. Like but this, this, this wasn't. This a isn't haunted necessarily. House. I get that. This it's is not, a man of flesh and blood. I know. Well, the, do do we know? Well, this know. is a man of flesh and blood. That's <laughs> do we know that for it, sure? It's not like a. It's Stephanie. It's not like a Hogwarts house. It's like okay, getting, but all I'm saying is like I still feel like there's some. There's some this this house could still appeal to some people who might be interested in. Maybe some people who don't have kids, so right. there's like no risk to their children. But I feel like there's some people who might consider a home like this. Maybe. I think it's probably the asking price that might be too damn high. Right. But they put all this money into it, so I yeah. get it. They, yeah. All right. Okay. So the family was out of options. So their real estate lawyer thought to split the property in half and have two sellable homes. Uh, what? <laughs> so they're going to split the house into two. And have like like a uh, what is it called? It's not like a duplex. It's I think, not like a duplex. I think they were trying to split the property in half and have two houses on the property. They would tear down the house. I think so. Oh shit! Okay. So that's the, not that's really gonna piss off the watcher. Right. So the two smaller lots were sixty-seven point four and sixty-seven point six feet, and it's just shy of the mandated seventy feet by the Westfield Planning Board. Okay. okay. So each plot needed to be 70 feet. All right? Okay. So in 2017, the planning board held a hearing to look at the issue of 657 Boulevard. Over 100 residents, neighbors, showed up yelling for four hours about how splitting the property would cause all sorts of issues for tree lines, unsightly garages, and the general quote-unquote feel of Boulevard the board rejected the proposal. This is a bunch. Okay. So here's here's the thing: is that these, the, are, a these bunch are all the neighbors? Hoity toity, New Jersey. Sorry if there's any New Jersey listeners. I don't think there are. But like, oh, we can't have two houses because it might bother. Like, it might. Um, we might have unsightly garages. Oh, come like, on. You, you sound you sound like Janine from the Ghostbusters. I know. That's what I was going for. <laughs> okay. Well, but here's the thing. But seriously, come on. Like, okay, I don't want to. I'm not saying we should. I'm not saying we should tear down the house or whatever. But if this was the. the if this was the lawyer but suggesting this as a way of trying to help. Here, here's what sucks the most for the Brad. So, so these are their neighbors. Like these are the these people, are the people that these they are the have... people that they were li- like trying to build a community with right. that were turning on them because yeah. here's the thing is like not only was this happening but also on like Facebook and social media they were tearing these this this family down saying that they did it and that they were the ones that made up this whole story and that they were doing it for publicity or they're trying to like mark, well that's what like, they said about the Amityville right. horror house but too, so so the... there's 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 kind of stuff and like we'll talk about later but i mean this still follows them yeah this case still follows them to this day yeah and they're not even living there anymore and it's been eight years yeah okay. so the brought us to this point like they were just out of luck they didn't know what else to do so they found a renter that agreed to rent the property on one condition okay that he would be let out of the lease if another letter was sent can you guess what happened? I'm sure a letter was sent. Right. But, okay. Two, two weeks later. So two weeks after the renter moved in, there was another letter. And this one gets a little, this one gets crazier. All right, let's hear what it says. Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his oh. winch of a wife, Oh, Maria. shit, he calls him out. 
You wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who had no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know, and you are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. Mm -hmm. I walked by the news trucks that have taken over the neighborhood and mocked me. I watched you as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. Mm -hmm. 657 Boulevard has survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading the gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. Mm. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycle crash. Bones break. All hail the Watcher. Okay, this dude is so fucking up his own ass. Like, <laughs> planes and cars and bicycles. I'm sorry, are you fucking death? How do you get to determine when a plane crashes? This guy's this guy's definitely at this point where he's like, this this is a this threat. guy's a bullshitter. He's a <laughs> bullshitter to the nth degree. He is the biggest bullshitter ever. I do think it's interesting. I wonder if he's like the president of the HOA. Has anybody looked into them that man? I don't even know if there was an HOA. Well, there, because he says that the my soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T, and well, it's all the thing. neighbors that refused to allow them to be able to split the property in two. Right. So has anybody looked into the HOA president or whoever the city government person right. is? Because right. I just wonder if that man has manipulated people to i'm sorry if you are that person you're listening to tonight's podcast i doubt you are but if you are shame on you shame on you for not allowing that family to do what they need to do and stop writing letters (laughs) (laughs) where you're threatening their lives and their young bloods it's not nice shame shame on you shame shame okay Sorry. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but seriously, obviously this person right. is trying to control the situation. Right. And and the thing is, though, is that he um, he's obviously watching and he likes the attention. Right. Because he, and this time he's actually called them out. Is this the first time he said Derek and Maria? He has called them the Broadduses. So he knows okay, he knows but, their last okay. he knows their names. Okay. And he knows the names of the kids because that was actually, I think, redacted from the letters. Oh, that's right. Because so, you said that one of the girls was called out in yes. the letter and she is she the artist or whoever right. the artist and that was, is. Family. And that's okay. They released letter information with that, you know, redacted information. I see. Okay. But my whole thing is is that he said this guy at this point, you know, I don't think he wants a renter there. Yeah, like, I think he wants the house for himself. Yeah, that's what he clearly. wants. Clearly, and I think that. But he can't what, probably fucking afford it. What, whatever it is, is that he doesn't want anyone else to live there, and a renter is going to be seen as like less worthy, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because they're not buying the house outright. They're like renting the house, and I'm not saying anything that's renting. I'm saying that this is what my thought process is on 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 his or her thought process mm-hmm. okay it's a it's a matter of ownership so, and who okay. right 
So before we go on any further, you know, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit to the Lanfords. Um, so when they were doing the investigation, you know, Derek was very much focused on that family. They're in proximity. They have the family, like, history that was discussed in the letter. Yeah. Lan- Michael had schizophrenia. But they were also looking at his sister, too. Yeah, I want to hear about because, the, other, because the other people they want to look house. at They want to look at his sister because his sister was a realtor. Um, but so, so they checked with her. They checked with her fingerprints and, again, her writing and all that stuff. And so then the cops, the private investigators, had said, the Lanfords are not it. We've checked everyone. They're not it. Okay. And so there was other people that, because again the the Bradfords are paranoid. Yeah. So, but there were other people like in the neighborhood that were like a neighbor across the sh- like across the way. The husband and wife had two like lawn chairs set up in the backyard, and like and the painter of the house noticed that the, the they weren't faced towards anywhere like beautiful. The lawn chairs were faced towards the house. Mm like the 657 Boulevard. Yeah. And so they were like, maybe one of them that was checked out. And that didn't fall, like, that nothing happened with that either. So my question is, so, you could still, it could still be someone else. It could, it could still be the Langfords. Right. But maybe they had someone else write the letter. Right. I don't know. So, like, so. Do you understand what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, hey, um, so and such, let's say it's like a 15-year-old kid that you know. Can you write this letter? I'll tell. You, I'll dictate to you what I wanted to say. Right. So therefore, the fingerprints and the the handwriting isn't going to match up. Right. But so, the intent is from right. someone in and that so, family. And so the Lanfords have always stated that they felt like it was um, due to the fact that Michael had schizophrenia, that he was a target, and that they felt like that he was the one that was blamed for this even though he didn't do it. And if he didn't that do it, that sucks. That could have been the case. That sucks. But what I'm, and that could have been the case. Because the other thing, too, is there's just, like, a bunch of neighbors, and you don't know who to trust. But the way that it writes... It is very... It's it's disorganized, but also, again, with my research, I, did, I couldn't find a full letter. So I had a... Like, I had a... I had this a, is like, all a second chunk, hand, It's like Yeah, it's like, like chunks of letters. Yeah. And so I had to, like piecemeal them together like mm-hmm. you know how hard that is <laughs> and, you're not and, actually seeing the physical letter yeah i couldn't the find the actual physical copies right. of the full letter right um so let's move on okay so the brothers has never moved back to 657 boulevard okay they continue to grasp at every you know grasp at every lead looking at neighbors and it's all all the things i say were kind of in that circle that Derek like drew up on that map and again okay. nothing came out from those investigations uh, the family is still vilified by some of these neighbors mm. um, who believe that it was a publicity stunt and that it brought the neighbors like the neighborhood like charm down. Mm. Um, Facebook arguments, harassment. Uh, the kids are teased at school. Mm. Um, it's it's all a part of their life now. So the most like the up the most uh, recent update on this case mm-hmm. is so on 2019, 657 Boulevard was actually sold to an anonymous, anonymous buyer for $959,000, which was a $500,000 loss to the Broadduses. So that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, but so, to get but, it off of your... And if, the, you're, if you're really... So it, this obviously couldn't have been 
it couldn't have been them because they wouldn't want to take a loss on a home. Right. Why would they do that to themselves? That right. financially doesn't make any sense. Right. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Because here's the other thing too is that um, per the article that I read, the buyer in the, like the contract said, I will buy this house, but I am not to be named. Like they were like adamant. I don't want to be named. I don't want to be known. Yes. Nothing. And that's fine. But at some point they will come, like their name will come out. Right. My whole thing is this like the neighborhoods, if, the neighbors are going to know. My question is what happens if they, what happens if they get a letter? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to like come, like bring it out to the open? Maybe so that the Broadduses feel like maybe vindicated a little bit that, hey, this is not just me. Or is it somebody else that did this who wanted to buy the house out for a lower price? Ah. So that so was. They said it. But why yeah. would it be five years later? It's as know. of 2019 versus well, that's, 2014. That's, that's, Why would the person wait five years? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it could be the person who. I don't think it could be the watcher. Right. So to put another nail in this case. Okay. Both Peggy and Michael Langenford passed away. Um, Michael was the most recent, 2020. So Michael passed away. Yes. So if Michael was the watcher, which I think could fit. We'll kind of never know that that was it because he passed away. And so if they sold it at the end of 2019 and then Michael passes away in 2020, there may not have been any letters. There could have been, yeah. It could have been. So that that's interesting. So someone needs to do a follow-up story. Like someone at the Today Show, hello, needs to do a follow-up story. To see if, like, to see if there's letters. been any, if there were any letters that came after Michael. Now he could postmark. I guess he could, like... Right, where he could write a letter and then have it mailed at a later time. But, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know but what you're it, talking about. But it still might be interesting. And I'm not saying it was him. I mean, if he was really, truly innocent and he he suffered from schizophrenia and he was vilified in that way, then that's awful. Right. But it's, it's interesting the mm-hmm. way the letter was written. It feels... Right. And I'm not a... Licensed clinical. Oh yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I and I think way. that's that's where it's, this case is really interesting to me. Yeah. Because it, it could have been, it could have been somebody with you know, severe mental illness like you know schizophrenia. Yeah. Or, it could have just been somebody who really wanted this house, mm-hmm. and had the motivation, to want this house, and so I'm gonna kind of end with this excerpt from Reeves Whitman's time with Derek Reddus. Okay. He, like I said, he spent a lot of time interviewing him on the Watcher case. So, sitting at Westfield train station, Derek handed me his phone so I could read the fourth letter. You are despised by this house, they read. And the Watcher won. Hmm. So, was that the last letter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Right. So, listeners, who do you think the Watcher is or was? Right. Who do you think wrote the letters? Is it someone we've named or maybe someone we haven't named? Maybe you know more about this case than we do. We'd love to hear from you. So, email us 
at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. We love to receive fan mail or not fan mail. <laughs> if you don't like us, that's fine too. We love to, we love to receive fan <laughs> mail. We, you know, why not? No, I'm just kidding. We haven't received any of that. But if you would like to reach out to us and um, maybe you have a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. So again, email contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Spirited Spirits and on Instagram at Spirited underscore Spirits underscore podcast. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Uh, hope you will join us next week while we talk about spirits and while we sip on spirits. Good night.